back to Lightshed Research, a podcast that puts our research notes in your ears for your convenience. August 26th, 2022, T-Mobile's SpaceX Odyssey. With media attention that only Elon Musk can attract, T-Mobile and SpaceX announced a plan to deploy a sliver of T-Mobile's spectrum on future launches of Generation 2 Starlink satellites by the FCC, it might initially, quote, provide near-complete coverage in most places in the U.S. every 30 minutes. We discuss some implications. SpaceX's Starlink constellation currently operates with 2,800 low-Earth orbiting, or LEO, satellites that are spinning around the globe. None of them are capable of using T-Mobile or any wireless operator spectrum. They instead use thick blocks of the KA and KU spectrum bands that SpaceX is licensed to deliver fixed broadband services over. I used the Starlink service for several weeks in the heavily wooded suburbs of New York City, and it delivered reliable broadband service. It's great. But that spectrum is not in any cell phones, so it only works with Starlink's flat panel antenna. Not a new idea. In order for an existing cell phone to use a satellite, the wireless operator's spectrum needs to be deployed in the satellite. The concept is simply a giant cell tower in space. There are already companies doing this. AST Mobile will launch its first satellite on a SpaceX rocket, no less, next month. Can SpaceX do better? Maybe. But Lynx and AST Mobile will do it first. And AST has already signed several agreements and MOUs with multinational operators who collectively have 1.8 billion subscribers. A much bigger satellite and rocket is needed. Starlink will need much bigger antennas, satellites, and rockets to execute on the plan proposed last night. It currently uses KA and KU spectrum bands. That's up at 10 GHz and 40 GHz, which is much higher than the 2 GHz that T-Mobile is providing. The lower spectrum needs a larger antenna, Hashtag physics. SpaceX has already highlighted plans to launch larger satellites as part of its Gen 2 constellation. That is awaiting FCC approval. The bigger satellites will be deployed on bigger Starship rockets. Although Musk hopes to have a mini Gen 2 satellite that would fit on Falcon 9. It's unclear if the mini would enable lower cellular band spectrum. More operator partners are needed. Musk tweeted that next year, Starlink will, quote, eliminate dead zones worldwide. However, in order to achieve this, SpaceX will need to get the cooperation from wireless operators and regulators around the world. That seems implausible in one year. It's also unclear whether those new partnerships will have to be with wireless operators that have available spectrum around 2.0 gigahertz, based on our understanding of antenna physics. Consider the network deployments of wireless operators. Verizon and T-Mobile use multiple antennas to enable their diverse spectrum bands, one for low band, another for mid band, and a third for millimeter wave. Just look at any cell tower for a visual reminder of the number of antennas in use for the diverse spectrum portfolios of the three national wireless operators. In fact, We doubt wireless operators are even able to use an existing AWS PCS mid-band antenna for their C-band spectrum deployments. 
what range of spectrum bands will be available on the Gen 2 constellation. If an operator and their regulator in a given country are willing to permit Starlink to use 3.5 GHz spectrum, will Starlink be able to use that spectrum on the same satellite enabling 2 GHz spectrum? Or will the Gen 2 satellite require a third payload? Alternatively, can AT&T, Verizon, and DISH agree to let Starlink use their 2 GHz spectrum? Did T-Mobile secure any exclusivity as part of this plan? Giving up Spectrum We believe SpaceX can turn Spectrum on and off depending where its satellites are broadcasting to Earth. For example, in Australia, Starlink's use of the 12 GHz Spectrum band has been, quote, confined to remote and low-density areas. However, we have questions on how precise the coverage area of a satellite 300 million miles in space can be. If the operator surrenders some spectrum to clean up dead spots, won't that also limit that operator's use of that same spectrum in adjacent populated markets? Is that the most efficient use of spectrum? Based on the most recent secondary market transaction, a 10 MHz deep nationwide spectrum position is worth $7 billion to an operator in the United States. Perhaps the spectrum can be used as an overlay to cell sites. Does that mean I can connect to a Starlink satellite in my backyard where T-Mobile coverage does not exist? That would be great, but wasn't covered last night. Interference. The plan announced last night will undoubtedly require FCC approval. We can't recall a recent example of a company proposing a new use for Spectrum which has not faced interference concerns by adjacent or existing users. This has bottled up the process for companies for multiple years, if not a decade plus. In fact, T-Mobile itself has voiced interference concerns to the FCC for the proposed constellation of AST-Mobile. As a reminder, AST is executing on the same plan as was proposed last night. What makes this even more entertaining is that the adjacent spectrum user to what was proposed last night by T-Mobile and SpaceX is DISH, who is not shy about making filings and using the courts. Good luck. T-Mobile implications. We don't believe this will be a viable service that will have any impact on T-Mobile in our two-year investment horizon, or frankly beyond. In the unlikely event Starlink can launch a few satellites next year that enable this service, we don't think the service described is compelling. The user would have to remain in an open area for up to 30 minutes, waiting for the satellite to pass overhead. That doesn't mean you can send the text and then hop back in your car or go inside. That means you have to be out there when it's overhead. Or, as T-Mobile CEO Mike Siever described it, some lag. When that is corrected longer term, with more satellites by Starlink and or AST, we don't see how this would prevent AT&T and Verizon to replicate it thereby eliminating any competitive advantage to T-Mobile. Iridium, Samsung, Apple implications. We believe there is an opportunity for device makers to add this type of emergency coverage by utilizing existing LEO constellations that enable short emergency messaging. Birated Iridium recently disclosed that it, quote, entered into a development agreement to enable Iridium's technology in smartphones, close quote. This solution, while likely too expensive to include in all devices, at least offers true global coverage immediately.
the benefit to device makers is more clear, as they could increase market share of the highest price phones sold. There has been speculation in recent years that Apple was planning on adding this functionality. They plan to announce new products in two weeks, and we have no idea if this will be part of the announcement. Some have suggested that last night's announcement was meant to preempt or upstage Apple's announcement. That makes no sense to us. What benefit would T-Mobile or SpaceX gain from that? Also, won't it make last night's announcement look weak if Apple delivers on a truly global solution? The scale of LTE and 5G might argue for incremental competition in the IoT space, but we're skeptical on the market for this using these technologies. A shot at DISH. SpaceX has recently petitioned the FCC to let it use DISH's 2 gigahertz spectrum. It claimed that, quote, there is scant evidence that DISH is actually providing MSS service to anyone, anywhere, close quote. We don't think last night's announcement strengthens that claim. Meanwhile, DISH and SpaceX are battling over the use of 12 gigahertz spectrum. DISH wants it for 5G, and SpaceX wants it for Starlink. Last night's announcement would seem to bolster Dish's argument. If SpaceX can add new spectrum in its Gen 2 constellation, wouldn't this reduce their claimed need for 12 gigahertz spectrum? Thanks for listening and have a great weekend.